0: A colony from Earth, an android with the powers of creation, and an alien with the need for a host. It's Alien Covenant.
1: Mafia, wake up, wake up.
0: up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you.
1: So who is your favorite actor, Michael Fassbender or Michael Fassbender?
0: Um, I'm really going to have to go with Michael Fassbender on this one. <laughs>
1: That's a shame. I was, I, I personally wanted to go with Michael Fassbender.
0: Yeah. Well, no, like the, the reality is man is Michael Fassbender. He, his performance is just out of this world. I, and so like, I, I couldn't go with anybody but Michael Fassbender. It's,
1: dude. It, well, Honestly, this is one of those performances you see and you go, what a phenomenal actor. (laughs) Like, absolutely incredible. It's one of those reminders. And it's like in in this, you know, genre film. Uh And it's just like, huh, I feel like I haven't seen him do anything in a long time. Mm. Like, what happened to Mm. Michael Fassbender? Like, Mm -hmm. such an outstanding talent. And the only movie he's done since was a movie called The Snowman, which I'm sure is wonderful. And <laughs> X-Men Dark Phoenix, which was, I mean, honestly, they probably wouldn't have even, it was, it was so bad. The studio didn't want to release it until they were sold.
0: <laughs> and Disney just forced it out. Those are the only movies he's done since? Yes.
1: This is That's the only two man. movies to come out since.
0: That is interesting.
1: And then he's he's got a movie that's been completed filming, comes out in 2023. The next goal wins. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: in a movie, Kung Fury 2, which was like almost a meme movie before memes were even big. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix. I, I do recommend people who like 80s stuff watch it because it's kind of wild. I think it'll probably be pretty good, actually. Uh, and then he's in a movie called the killer and he's gonna be in a remake of the wild bunch why are they remaking oh, are they remaking know. wild bunch i used to have a screenwriting professor that absolutely loved the wild bunch <laughs> 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 I love that movie it's pretty good it was pretty good um but yeah he hasn't done anything since isn't that like yeah it's for the wild
0: yeah yeah, well, welcome back to the Monsters vs. <laughs> Men podcast. Not necessarily the Michael Fassbender podcast that we could be. We are the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Alien Covenant. Alex. <laughs> With me today is uh, a not-so-deformed creation, Alex.
1: Joined by the perfect... Michael Fassbender putting his career on hold for Alien Three, Eric. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Alien Three. Hey. two. I
0: yeah, guess it right. would be yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, squared. Like you probably have to put the three and then the two up at the top. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. something
0: like that. Uh, no, look. Any comparison to, to Michael Fassbender, and I'm I am honored.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's a, why I a, did it.
0: A quick um. Email that we got here, Alex, from my cousin Brian. Uh, Oh. He he said this. So he had a comment about something from a couple weeks ago. And so I wanted to read it to you before we jump into Alien Covenant. He says, I've been meaning to write this email for a couple of weeks. Ever since I heard Alex and you professing your love of Bill Paxton on the Alien and Predator 2 episodes. (laughs) A long time ago, I purchased an Alien versus Predator versus the Terminator comic book. Okay. I can remember thinking back then that if someone made this comic into a movie, then the guy they had to have in it was Mr. Bill Paxton. Oh. He starred in one movie from each franchise. Yep. He was the punk leader from The Terminator, Private Hudson from Aliens, Jerry Lambert from Predator 2, just food for thought.
1: Yep, and he got killed by each of the big <laughs> of the big <laughs> things in all of them. Oh,
0: that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It is. I didn't it's even know this thing existed.
1: Yeah, That's yeah pretty cool. dude, there there's so many comic book crossover things. I mean, there's a Godzilla Power Rangers comic, I think it's out right now. And then there's I mean, there's so many oh, yeah. crossovers that are just ridiculous. Like Batman's <laughs> hunted aliens before uh i think he hunted predator too or with predator
0: cool. predator uh, and batman that's kind of neat
1: predators <laughs> inter- predator and alien have intersected intersected with judge dread on numerous occasions <laughs> like it's just it's, comics are a wild place man anything goes which is why i would like the sequel to this movie if it never comes out to be in a comic or a book i would yeah. read it i would actually oh, read yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, let's get into our film introduction, Alex, uh, because I think we'll have some things to say about Alien Covenant.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Ridley Scott returns with a direct sequel to the film we reviewed last week, Prometheus. In many ways, Alien Covenant picks up where Prometheus left off, but the tone of Covenant is decidedly different, even if we have more survivors. My question to you, Alex, is does Alien Covenant strike the right balance between action, lore, characters, and tone? Or does this blend of attributes take you out of the zone?
1: You know, with as divisive as Prometheus is, Covenant is even more divisive Mm. for a lot of people. Uh, Yes, it does bring the alien in, but... People seem to be really mad about the the prequel <laughs> duology so far, uh-huh. but I think the I think that Covenant strikes a really great balance between all of those aspects: lore, characters, tone, action. We do have a few extraneous characters for sure. We've got two, you know, we've got this little love scene in a shower at the end of this movie that's totally out of place yeah it's so uh, weird. but that is literally 30 seconds of an otherwise interest very interesting and pretty dense movie you know overall i think the movie manages itself in a really thoughtful way If Prometheus is a movie that, despite everything that happens, still Mm -hmm. ends with hope, Mm -hmm. this is a movie that is filled with despair. Oh, yeah. It's not just like the death (laughs) and (laughs) violence that's happening here. Mm -hmm. It's the film coloring, the gray skies, the hyper-violent nature of everything that happens here. Couple that with some pretty great character work. And I think you have a memorable standout here Mm. for very, very different reasons than Prometheus, which we were both high on last week.
0: Yeah, I I think I talked about this last week. Or You mentioned it that I had logged this movie in (laughs) Letterboxd, but I could not remember it. And the reality is, Alex, rewatching this movie, there's about two scenes that I remembered and none of them revealed anything to me about the nature or plot of this movie. Oh. So this is basically a first watch. So what um, were the two scenes? Well. You'll tell me later. I'll, t- I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> uh, I just had no idea what to expect. Um, and as I hinted to in my film introduction, I think this film is decidedly darker than Prometheus, which is strange in a way because it technically ends with more survivors, though we can only imagine their eventual fate, right? Oh. It's, it's destined at this point, but right from the beginning, not just the end it's right from the beginning. This film was full of tragedy with the death of the captain, probably James Franco's <laughs> best performance. Um, but then <laughs> savage. It, it moves from one personal tragedy to another uh, as the hope of finding a new planet is slowly, but definitively choked out. It could be hard to watch in the sense, in that sense. And that might be one of the reasons that I decided to block this out of my memory the first time <laughs> around. It's just that dark. Did you remember how dark this was? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: the dark, the how dark this film is, is what made it stick in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending here is just so memorable. Oof. It's really the thing I go back to whenever I think about this movie. That and mm-hmm. one other thing. I'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Now, unlike Prometheus, I've actually only seen this movie one time when it was re- released in theaters. And, you know, I, I talk, told you how much I'd seen Prometheus. You know, <laughs> I've seen it like eight times. Mm-hmm. Probably more. Um now that's not to co- that me seeing this one time is not a comment on the quality, but rather my stage of life that I've <laughs> that I've been in yeah. the last yeah. five years. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's not the only moment, like I said, that I think of though that ending. It's the reveal of what happened to Shaw. Mm-hmm. Is a, I always think about that too, and yeah. it's yeah. it's like this grotesque mutilation and experimentation that david has performed on her corpse
0: mm-hmm.
1: presumably her corpse maybe while she was alive yeah it's horrifying and it really gives a terrible indicator yeah. of the fate of our characters that are our two thousand plus people yeah. that are on the covenant now that's a lot of genetic material for david to play with And it allows him to create the one thing we haven't seen him create yet now, which is the queen. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there that we may never get to see on film. It's it's not said one way or the other yet as far as I've been reading up on it. Mm -hmm. It seems like it might be dead, but it's hard to tell with the Fox Disney merger whether we're going to get anything else or
0: not. With yeah. this storyline I mean it was, what was it, 2012 to 2017
1: Yeah, and then it's 2022 The last time anyone talked about it Was 2021 uh, But the only thing that was said Was that Dan, the, the actress that played Daniels Hadn't heard anything about a sequel But if she's like Shaw, she's not going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Right yeah. Um, <laughs> So it probably won't happen But one can dream, I guess mm. Now what's really interesting here is the one of the other things that stood out to me other than how dark these two moments mm-hmm. were, was just the overall violence in it. Yeah. The, I mentioned how violent Prometheus was. This is by far the most violent mainline alien mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And while it is completely over the top, I think it really, really works here because of the tone of the film and what the violence is really illustrating, you know, mm-hmm. this, the genetic abomination, like this ultimate evil that, sorry, Louise just snorted, um, this ultimate evil that's created by this evil Android created by man. It's, it's like our character bait played by Billy, uh, Crudup. How do you say it? Crud Crudup? Crudup? I don't know Billy Crudup, his character when he says that you know he he's met the devil once before or something like that. I think the violence here really plays into the devil nature of this thing play of this android playing god. Yeah, and I really love this approach.
0: Yeah. So one of my first observations about this film this time around was the ensemble cast. That cast list can't quite compare to the amazing cast list of Prometheus. I I think they probably had to spend all their money on uh, the fast bender (laughs) this time around. That isn't to say that the acting is bad here. They
1: had to pay pay him twice, Eric.
0: Yeah, they had to pay him (laughs) multiple times. Exactly. Um, I I have a few standouts that we'll talk about in our awards as far as performances go. Um, But in this film, another thing that I noticed is that things go so wrong so much faster here than they did in prometheus it's definitely a faster paced film overall sometimes though they go almost remarkably bad like when the engineer girl who serves as medic ferris she <laughs> makes about a thousand mistakes before catching the entire transport on fire i just was that was just a wow moment for she, me. she
1: yeah she's a disaster it is
0: bad she is just a walking disaster um Generally speaking, I, I found some of the decisions more difficult to swallow in this film um, this time around overall. But as I've reflected on what I said myself last week about how complaints about plot usually reveal something deeper, I think for me it goes back to the tone of this film not quite sitting right. And I think a lot of that can be summed up in the finale, which for me would have been a better in, There would have been a better ending after that fantastic battle atop the Covenant spaceship between Daniels and the xenomorph creature, right? I love that. I even texted you because we were basically on the same pace or the same place. I was like, that was an awesome climax. And it was. It was a proper climax right there. And it's not to say that nothing interesting happens after that. There is. I really like the door closing sequence and how that mirrors Alien 3, for example, and does what it does well, what Alien 3 tried to do. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, you're right.
1: You're right. But, but overall, about that.
0: <laughs> there, there's several things, actually, Alex, that I'm like, oh man, this is this pulls on, like you have the big claw, you know, that grabs uh-huh. the xenomorph. That reminded me of aliens, right? Uh-huh. Um, there's just different pieces that reminded me of other alien films in this one. But, but overall, I don't think we needed that sequence that the final, final sequence and the ending that we got, it's just too dark and too hopeless. (laughs) That's not to say, I think everything has to be sunshine and roses, right? I still think the ending can be ambiguous and leave us questioning. But right now I'm not questioning. I'm just thinking that they're all going to die. Horrible alien hostess at the hands of David, anti-creator and man-made devil.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be excited about that, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it is dark and it, it sticks with you. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, or you're like me and you literally block it out of your mind because it's just too dark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that devil that you speak of that, like I said, it makes that violence here actually interesting because it does feel like they're in hell. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only thing to like in this film. Like you said, the climax had us talking while we were watching the movie, which is something we don't do a lot. And we we definitely don't usually comment on climaxes, especially you, uh, someone who's not really drawn to action kind of like I am. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's so interesting and awesome. It's so well choreographed. You know, it's got this spacecraft careening at a low, low altitude with a xenomorph crawling in every direction, around, on top, below. And you understand where everything is at all times. Even with Daniels being flung off the ship a couple of times trying to kill this thing, it's really great. And again, the CG is absolutely incredible. Mm. (laughs) Like, we have left 2017 CGI in the past because things don't look as good as they used to for some reason. Nope. And (laughs) it's really cool because it's just so tense and chaotic but clear. And Daniels is a really great Ripley-like character. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts out meek, just like Ripley does in Alien. And after everything that happened, she really steps up and becomes Ripley from Aliens. And it is done in a very believable way for me. Mm-hmm. I totally buy her transformation. And then we also have other characters that we love, like the Walter and David moments in this movie are just so well done every you you hang on every single word they say to each other Mm -hmm. because it's so introspective and interesting and philosophical and there's no clear answers it's just great and then we have a character like tennessee who he's not really on screen very often but he's a great character and when you see him working together with Daniels to get rid of the finals, you know more. If you buy that they can work as work as a team together using very few words, and I, it, it's just so great seeing them operate like that together. And, and I, I I do I have a lot to say about this film that <laughs> I, I have a few other points I guess I want to hit before I pass it to you and we get to our awards, Sounds but. Good. So first off, the music here, Mm -hmm. I think, is absolutely phenomenal because of how eerie it is. And it's so different from Prometheus, which is why I like this movie as much as I do, I think. Because we have two completely opposite feeling movies, despite the hyper violence, despite everything and their similarities. They feel so different because of their music, their just overall tone. And what's kind of funny is, like, I've commented how much I love the Prometheus music. I love it here, too, for the different reasons. And it's kind of funny because David actually plays the main Prometheus theme on the flute. That's just, yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's such a good callback that I think most people would probably miss. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I like is that Scott seemed to make a point about, and that was that you know, it goes to something that I meant to mention last week, and it slipped my mind. Uh, and that's the retro futurism that's missing from Prometheus. So mm-hmm. you know, the Alien's future is pretty iconic in the yeah. way that it looks. Last last week in Prometheus, it's very futuristic. It's kind of what we imagine the future would be. Um, and I think I told you in our MVM Plus episode that. My headcanon is that there's so much more money being put into Wayland's personal ship compared (laughs) to a mining operation. Mm -hmm. And here we bridge that gap, actually, from a design perspective. This ship is designed a lot more like the retro futurism. Now, it doesn't lean into the CRT computers, and it doesn't lean into that. We still get a little bit of a hologram. But the Mm -hmm. overall halls and a lot of the walkways and stuff are... Just like Alien and Aliens. It's true. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really cool. And it's a colony ship. So it's a little more industrial. It's a lot. It's not as. It actually falls into my head, canon. It makes it probably canon, <laughs> the way that I'm thinking about these things. And mm-hmm. I like that step back to acknowledge maybe a design overstep from prometheus mm-hmm. and, and just that, that little detail is something that really sticks with me while i'm watching the film
0: yeah i like that um no that, that's a good point those those details don't necessarily bother me because i in a sense i just see the stories and this is why lore stuff i think doesn't bother me as much either um is i see lore stuff i see things like that the choices made like that Um, I see them as just individual interpretations, you know, (laughs) like the, it's, it's why like the plot points from movie to movie. Don't get, I don't get too caught up on them. Um, because it's more of the ideas that carry forth. I'm not a big like Canon guy, like Canon has never made much sense to me, but I'd like to go back to something that you said, um, which were the conversations between David and Walter. Um, because they're my favorite moments of this film. On a technical level, there probably isn't a better duplicate actor scene, right? Right. Uh, I mean, they are quite intimate with each other during the flute scene, which you asked which scene I remembered, Alex, it was the flute scene, which I can't even describe here uh, too long uh, Mm -hmm. without changing the rating of this episode. Right. Um, yes but the it is something but the questions they raise like like questions from the last film make me pause and consider i particularly like this question brought up between love and duty and knowing the difference or if there is a difference interestingly enough i think david believes he loves but that love is twisted it, it is a disordered desire a desire to create But the problem with David's creation is that it comes at the expense of beauty, at the expense of life. For Walter, love is duty. And while that sounds cold, maybe duty is exactly what real love entails It requires sacrifice. So to get a bit meta, which version of love are we surrounded by? Love in the name of desire and sentiment or love in the name of duty and sacrifice? And to get even more meta, how does Scott coming back to these films, how does he view these films? Does he view coming back to this franchise as an act of creation out of love for the source material? Or is he coming back as an act of duty out of the need to fix mistakes in the franchise as he deems fit? (laughs) It's interesting to think about. Uh, And I really obviously enjoyed that conversation between Walter and David.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Oh,
0: oh, it's so good. Good stuff. <laughs> good so, stuff. It's so good. Envy and Plus today, Alex. We talk new Godzilla and new Gamera. We got some Ooh. reveals this week. Uh, we, it looks like we're in for uh, a couple of fun releases in the coming years uh, when it comes to giant monsters, Ooh-hoo. which is our bread and butter here at the Bargain Basemite. Bargain base basement. Bargain Basement of the monster podcasting airwaves. You can hear that conversation and become a bargain based might and patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Uh, Alex, let's get into our awards though. Who'd you have for your compelling character award? Uh, I had to give it to
1: my girl, Daniels. You know, I've talked yeah. about her quite a bit here, but she is really interesting. You know, she experiences loss at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the movie. In, like, a horrific way. Um, you know, normally you kill off the boyfriend or husband character. If you're going to do it, you do it for a main character. You do it before the movie, and then they, they whine about it throughout. <laughs> Instead, it happens on screen, and she handles it pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a difference, though, right? So, for example, in a- Alien versus Predator Resurrection,
1: uh, Requiem, Requiem,
0: <laughs> Requiem, uh, yeah, Requiem Alien versus Predator Requiem. Uh, the the woman's husband dies, and she doesn't she's care, like, she's joking and flirting in the next second, right? Like, now
1: remember, she's a soldier, and soldiers Dad don't care, it makes no that difference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, here, like, that's what I said earlier, though, about tragedy. Daniels is not the like, Daniels is one of three spouses that watches their significant other yes. dies. Right. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, again, that's why so like this movie comes down to that conversation that I brought up. Love versus duty. It's just an interesting conversation. And I, I don't think it's an accident that we have so much tragedy surrounding our closest significant others in this film. It's no, it's not even, no, it's more than three. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's more than it's three. More. But, it's it's there's there's uh, there's three local, significant ones, right? right? There's it's three more. significant ones, but yeah, it just it goes further than that, right? It's all about that. It's wow, yeah. It keeps going. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and what I like about the film is it uses these tragedies to build our relationship with their surviving spouses. Uh, mm-hmm. m- m- special like Orem, for sure, like Billy Crudup, Crudup's yeah. Orem, yeah. we, we see that relationship between him and Daniels grow uh, mm-hmm. after his wife dies. But then I think that's why I like Tennessee so much is the way Daniels and Tennessee treat each other about what's happened. And mm-hmm. kind of the unspoken words between them, like, the, you know, she she hugs him and all that stuff and tells him privately what happens. And I think it really builds a relationship and really amps up your want for them to survive at the end when
0: mm-hmm. they're
1: together. And so I, I think these things really help. And Dan, Daniels is, you know, she's a strong character. She seems really meek mm-hmm. and quiet at the beginning, like I said. And I don't know if it's as much of a transformation, or maybe more. I mean, she's definitely stepping up when she's fighting the Zeno on the ship, right? Yeah. Um, in the, in what <clears throat> in what you and me are calling the true climax, right? <laughs> yeah. Um Not the epilogue. <laughs> no. <Jeez. laughs> which which I I like the epilogue to be clear. Mm-hmm. I, I do really like it, but there is a true climax, and that's that battle so on good. the planet. Yeah. And I. Uh, That might just be, you know, her normal take care of business self. We don't Mm -hmm. know, but it does feel believable that she grows
0: into that. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? Okay. So for me, it could have went with David, but I just would have, I don't think my soul could have handled it. Because (laughs) (laughs) whereas I argued that David last week, I don't think you can necessarily argue that he is a bad guy, right? Um here it becomes <laughs> a here? much harder to argue that he's not a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like before he was following orders and was less in control, it felt like. Here he's in control and he's still making these decisions. Um so I go with Walter actually. And uh, I just think Walter is a compelling character for multiple reasons. But I will, I will just note that I wish we knew what happened to Walter because the way that this film ends, we don't know what happened to Walter. Um, We can assume. We can assume. um, Yeah. What do you assume? Well, I, I, there's, there are a couple different options, but because they don't give us like it, it's ambiguous, but it's almost too ambiguous. So, like, because it's too ambiguous, I assume that somehow David handled Walter, right? He beat him. He because Walter hesitated, which Walter did hesitate.
1: Yeah. And, he, uh, and David grabs a knife.
0: Yes. And David grabs a knife. I imagine that he did the same thing that he did to Walter before, which didn't destroy and kill and and um, shut down Walter like David thought it would but it did delay him enough right and that's all you needed was a delay uh to get out of there and so I assume that that is what happened again and in the meantime David maimed himself which interestingly enough is a a form of sacrifice right uh in order to uh take Walter's place
1: yeah, that's, so. the, that's the question. I don't know why, but I have a memory of him swapping, like taking over his body for some reason. And, and it didn't happen. It didn't no, happen. But for some reason, happen. I remembered that happening in the movie. So that was weird. But see,
0: and the other thing about it, and it's like, I kind of, again, I don't love the ending of this movie. Oh. It's just the film makes it like the reveal is, is shocking, but it's not too shocking. And maybe it's because I did sort of in the back of my memory, remember it. But like they, they linger on a few characteristics of Walter, like yes. his hand, right? Um, they, they linger on it just for an extra second. So it's like, hey, yeah, this is Walter. But the fact that they do that and they're like, oh, yeah, hey, this is Walter. You kind of are like, huh? You, go, you get but suspicious. You, also, you wonder what if.
1: Mm, no, but they He also, also has a
0: smirk, yes, right? That's he has the a key. smirk. Uh, when, it, when
1: the alien shows up on the show. Exactly.
0: Ship. There's a smirk and you're like, that's weird. Right, and the other Um, thing
1: that's a standout of that moment is uh Walter wouldn't have been standing idly by and watching, he would have jumped in
0: exactly. So, which is how you know something is weird, yes, right? Um, so it's like it is shocking at the end, but it's also shocking that that she didn't know that Daniels didn't pick up on it until that last second, right? Um, Daniel should have known, but but David did a good job at selling it, right? And, he mean, does, that's, because
1: you forget, you almost like you almost forget that that's even an option Yeah, in the film. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I did. Yeah. I, you almost, like, even, even when he smirks, when he sees the alien, yeah. you're like, oh, no, it's David. But then he keeps doing all the right things.
0: He does do all the right Walter things.
1: To be Walter, until yeah. the last second. And it's like,
0: oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Shoot. Anyway, most memorable line award, (laughs) uh, what'd you have for most memorable line award? Um, mine was, uh, a Daniel's
1: line where she was, (laughs) um, they were walking around in the mountains, like kind of exploring after the double proto Xeno attack, uh, that was at night. And she says something to the effect of like how quiet it is, um, and, yeah, she says, you hear that? And Orm says, what? She says, nothing. No birds, no animals, nothing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't notice that. And then I also thought that would be incredibly creepy to be yes. in a world that's, like, green and lush. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a wasteland. Yeah. Because every time you see a wasteland in science fiction, it's a desert, right? Everything's it's just desolate. Everything's dead. But no. Yeah. Plant life is alive, but everything else is dead, mm-hmm. and it, it is creepy. creepy. And it's like I actually appreciated that the movie pointed that out to me because it did make it very eerie.
0: Yeah, so, yeah for sure. That's mine. Um, what about mine you? is from Walter? So who is my compelling character? Um, he's telling David uh, after after he exposes uh, David's mistake about Ozymandias, which seems incredibly uncharacteristic. He tells David, when one note is off, it eventually destroys the whole symphony, David. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just thought that is great, right? Like it explains David in a nutshell. Um, Yeah. One one little piece of David's programming is not quite how it should be. And he is kind of the lone model left of this type of model. (laughs) And it is created a devil
1: yes and I, I love that that it might david's whole thing might just be because
0: someone coded something wrong but see isn't it isn't that just like think about the you know think about these last two movies and just the the themes that are surrounding it that's also just it's an interesting concept to consider right it's like uh biologically if one note is off Destroys the whole symphony. Yes. Um, isn't its is, That's. Because that's, I. <laughs> it's just part of it. Right. It, like you have a biological makeup. Like we have biological makeups. Um, yeah.
1: Exactly. Actually. Exactly. And, and that's what makes these. The Prometheus in this movie to me. So interesting. Is. They are asking questions that the rest of the series never even hinted
0: or thought about.
1: And yeah. And I love that about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean you don't have to argue <laughs> about that one with me. You know I, I'm all for it. Uh, what about you? Can't believe the acting award. Uh, I gave it to Danny
1: McBride as Tennessee. Uh, he's got limited. <laughs> screen he time.
0: would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I, if I was being honest, I would just give it to Michael Fassbender twice. Yeah. The I'm not going yeah. to. I'm gonna give it to. Right, I gotta give it to somebody else. Uh, And I'll give it to Danny McBride as Tennessee. Again, I think he does a great job. This is maybe one of the few serious roles I've ever seen him in, and he knocks it out of the park. Uh, He does make a good case, once again, that comedians are good actors. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So with surprisingly nuanced abilities to act, Um, because there's nothing he does here that feels out of character. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing here that feels like it's Danny McBride being Danny McBride,
0: right? <laughs> Which is yeah. impressive, except for, for maybe wearing like a cowboy hat or something. Yeah,
1: right? but that I yeah. don't
0: know. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> honest, I'm not a huge fan of that casting choice, but I do think he does fine um, as that character. But so lame.
1: But I do like this other actor.
0: <laughs> That you have yeah, so I choose uh, Billy Crudup or Crudup as Orum, Uh who I I have mixed feelings about him as an actor. Honestly, oh really? I, yeah, I've seen him in some roles where I'm like, this I just don't know, right? This, I mean, he seems to kind of he's got this sort of sly way of, of acting. I think, uh, but here it really works. There, there's a lot of. Uh, layers to his performance I, I i wouldn't call him a great person <laughs> um no. he's very self-absorbed um because he he is just carrying like whenever he gets into this leadership role he, he's consumed too much about what others are are thinking and about trying to be a good leader that he can't be a good human um And that is is getting in the way of him. But his wife is a
1: great foil for him.
0: But his wife is a great. To
1: to keep him on track.
0: Yes, right. And so, again, it's an interesting concept. And you just see so much potential. This is another thing that adds to the tragedy of this movie. Is you see potential with these characters. And, like, what they could become. And you see, like, what these characters could be. Uh, And yet, when one note is off, it destroys the whole symphony, Alex. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, oh, that's a good shot, award What'd you have?
1: Uh, I had the burning ship after she after the 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 girl with the worst luck. Mm. Um,
0: after she oh, oh, Paris. Yeah, Paris. No, it's not luck that no, is, she's just... that is no biological.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, hey! When every note is off,
0: it destroys all. <laughs> hey, that is that that in a nutshell. Yes. She is that note.
1: she is she's all the notes um Uh, (laughs) but when when that thing is on fire it's like oh that's horrifying that both those characters died and then she walks out and you're like oh this is terrible (laughs) mm -hmm. but it's like so (sighs) it's it's like so devastating and just like so much of the rest of the movie Oh. And it's it's great. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah. There's so m- th- this film is actually a really beautiful. There's a lot of cool setup shots for mm-hmm. the um, oh yeah the necropolis oh, actually yeah. that yeah. are actually like really great shots. Yes. Yeah, like when you have all the bodies and they're walking on that path that mm-hmm. David has created by yep. moving dead bodies. Yep. And they're walking on that path to the Necropolis. It, that's actually like a really great shot.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. What about you? Uh, mine is probably the the drop of the bioweapons mm. on the engineers. Dude. Again, just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's bad. Uh, yeah. It and you're like, wow. Um, this is not what i expected like it's kind of implied that they're going to go find the engineers and you know maybe try to get some revenge of some sort but mass genocide you see the engineers as people in that scene too um right that's the thing you see them as like families and not as these cold detached uh creators um but as 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 people with families and then they're just gone and destroyed and it's Sad. Mm. But it's the drop and kind of the overhead shot that was really impressive. That whole sequence was great.
1: Huh. Uh, well, the visual for that is so cool because they're not just bombs. They no, create they're not like that. Yeah. That cl- it's not even a cloud. It's like worse than a cloud. But it's yeah. it's it's,
0: like, it's so there's nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's no, so otherworldly. Like it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, unique award. What would you have? Um, so the
1: Unique Award, I had uh, the beginning and end of a career award, and that <laughs> goes to Jesse Smollett. Um, <laughs> this was his like first and last movie. Like he, he had a role in another movie the same year, but after that, <laughs> he was done for. <laughs> yeah. It was funny to see him in something. This is the first it time was. I've ever seen him in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> or in, in anything. Honestly, I've never seen him as an actor do anything. And he does fine, but... He's one of the two characters that really are not developed at all. Yeah. And they get the X and like an unnecessary, like honestly you could have cut them. and been. Fine. Yeah. And
0: that, again, that, that also lent itself for me, it was like, it was, that was just unnecessary. Like that part of the ending of the epilogue that we're calling it now. Yeah. It's just, un- it's just uh, unnecessary. Um, you didn't even need to do that. Right. Like, I don't know. It's weird.
1: Yeah, but, it was more of a case of you can't have Tennessee have a ship that big by himself. And so right. you had to have two characters and
0: then you need yeah. to kill them off. Exactly. And there it is. It's all it is. Yeah. It's all it is. Like, I mean, it just feels like a slasher movie, but I'm like, I haven't, we haven't. This is weird. Anyway, my unique award was uh, the We Needed More Award. And that was Carmen Ejogo as Kareen, which was Orum's uh, wife that you mentioned Ooh. as the foil to Orem, Alex. Yes. She was great uh, as an actress, right? Um, but also as a character, I was impressed by, by her um, because she was that foil. And I, I love the way that she would kind of joke on her own husband, you know, like whenever he would come off as as too extreme or harsh he'd be like she'd be like what what can you do with him you know what are we going to do with him you know Mm -hmm. um so and i like that because it came from a loving place she wasn't like actually trying to criticize her husband she's actually kind of defending him and supporting him um and she was that that foil Um, and honestly her end was so tragic because again i keep coming back to this word tragedy but uh-huh. she, she is trying her best to help this character, yeah. right? She, she is the one that's, like, facing the fears. And the idiot Ferris, <laughs> who we keep coming <laughs> back to, kills her. Kills yeah, her, she does. Right? Kills her. Um, when, when she, All she has been trying to do is, is save this character and, and help this character to the best of her ability, even though she... Is completely untrained in how to do it and the other character is. Um, mm. not cool. Not cool. Dude,
1: yeah. Oh uh, Hey, but it's like the first character that's act, well, no, second character that's actually done containment. Try yes. to but then also ruins it yeah. <laughs> by opening the like, she just but, and it also not didn't it. matter because it still gets through the window. Matt so it didn't really matter anyway. Exactly. Way. Exactly. But, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's um, funny. I was going to say, uh, real quick, we had a couple of Patreon comments, Alex, that I want to say before we get into our final Oh,
1: thoughts. I'm glad you reached out because I, I, I forgot to again.
0: It's all good. I asked about Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I'm since so we glad. Did I thought week. about
1: it all day and then right before we recorded, I was like, I forgot again.
0: It's all good. We got this from Ken. Prometheus was okay. I thought it was a little slow, but it's been a while since I've watched it. I actually liked Alien Covenant quite a bit, and the twist at the end was cool. I would rank this at number three in the Alien series.
1: Good man, Kevin. Yeah.
0: Good man. <laughs> Terry um, was it, it, honest. he was initially disappointed in Prometheus because of how Ridley Scott had said um, it had nothing to do with Alien. Uh, But then there were alien connections throughout and he's like, this is not what I thought. Right. He was excited for a new franchise. Yeah. Um, But he's he's also willing to give it another shot this time around. And as for Alien Covenant, he says, I'm less optimistic. I remember not liking it a whole lot besides Michael Fassbender stuff. Word. (laughs) I'm hoping it will be better this time around, though yeah i think it will be i think it will be you probably liked me and just blocked a lot of it out because it was so dark <laughs> uh chris Clavero said fun fact he didn't know uh prometheus was an alien movie when he went to watch it for the first time so the alien at the end blew his mind um other opinions other than not running at an angle to avoid a gigantic donut ship that movie is pretty perfect
1: Oh, yeah. oh our, our patrons have taste. Let's
0: just go ahead and no, say they it. do. No, they do. <laughs> um, and then lastly, Faye says, not a fan personally. Boom. Prometheus. <laughs> I spoke too soon. <laughs> Prometheus is overly convoluted with some really dumb character choices and covenant stuff with the Zeno's origin ruins a lot of the mystique, in my opinion. Oh, so there you have it. That, that's what our patrons <laughs> think.
1: I totally understand her thoughts on the mystique, mm. but I don't personally mind it.
0: Yeah. I don't either.
1: I actually kind of like it mm-hmm. um, because of the way it is handled. Cause it is so, uh, actually so much, the origins of it are so much worse in terms of not, not like bad quality wise, but it's so much darker than I would have ever imagined. <laughs> Mm. The origins of it is And I think mm-hmm. it works for me because of that um, But I totally get that You know the, 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 the mystique of the alien Especially as we started this series Was so Interesting right
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so I, I, I get that I get that but the, All
0: These are all great inputs Indeed So let's start with you Alex For your final thoughts on this one What do you think
1: I think it's pretty clear
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> this is another Godzilla tear for me. Uh I like this movie a lot when I first saw it. I mean, I, I, on Letterbox, I looked and I gave it a, <laughs> I gave it a nine, uh, or a four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel the same, if <laughs> not more. Now, I really like this movie. Yes, mm. it's dark. Yes, there is a dumb character um, that sh- blows up a ship. You know, I could also see somebody doing that, <laughs> putting someone in a room with an alien, realizing that maybe they, that was a bad choice, opening the door, trying to do everything, right, <laughs> trying to do the right thing while being terrified and just screwing everything up. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Cece's ran away from me while I was vomiting instead of mm-hmm. helping me. So mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's laughing at me. Um, but what I really like is the tone. And how dark and you know messed up this movie is. And the mm-hmm. violence in it really works. But it wouldn't work without really interesting characters mm-hmm. and their spouses, like you said. Even mm-hmm. if they go early, they're meaningful to our characters. And I think that it, you can feel it throughout the movie whether you like the dark ending or not, which I I do like it. I just wish we got a third movie. I still hope we do one day, but really Scott's going to die soon. Probably he's really old, but I, I really like this movie. Like there's Mm -hmm. very little for me to complain about. Do I like David getting the alien that pops out of Orem's chest? The first Zeno to stand up and like, hold it like a puppet almost. No, I don't like that really, but it's not awful. And if my only two complaints are a weird character moment and a weird alien moment,
0: hmm.
1: I'm pretty happy. And so I absolutely love this movie. Definitely the Godzilla tier. What about you, Eric? Nice.
0: Um, yeah, I think this is really, it's a well-made movie. It's got some great visuals. Uh, it's got some good characters. I would say I, I, I want to call the characters great um except for david and walter what about daniels
1: you just think she's a good i think
0: daniels is good um i think she disappears for um a good portion of this film uh and then kind of comes back as the main character not unlike alien to be honest but exactly um, and, and so i appreciate her in her role uh which which i like um I think the ideas are great, as we've talked about, and I think some of the things that are going on in this movie, even just a little bit under the surface, are are fantastic. And yet, I, I can't escape the lingering darkness <laughs> that I feel when watching this movie and when accepting that ending the way that it is. And, and that's just that's just me. Being completely honest, I can I can point to plot points that I might not like, or I can I can point to um, certain uh, specific scenes that I think are unnecessary. Mm. But at the end of the day, for me, I think it comes down to my own personal uh, that that's honestly a little too dark for me. Um, even even someone who can accept a lot of, of dark movies, it's just there's. And it almost goes back to the idea that that David and and Walter talk about that I have mentioned already um, about creation and what creation is for and what creation comes from. Prometheus is a movie that is about creation, but it has that that moment of of hope and beauty at the end. here, there is no hope and and, uh, all beauty is essentially vanquished. And and so without a third movie, if this is where it ends up and I could change my tune, right? If we ended up with a third movie and it's not the third movie is going to end. Well, we, we kind of know where it's going to lead. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean though, that it has to be, it has to leave us as an audience in despair. Same thing with this movie, right? It doesn't have to leave us um, feeling that despair. And yet it does, at least, at least for me. Um, And I don't know if that's where I want, any movie to end, um, honestly, Ooh. especially not like a movie that I want to have some fun with <laughs> and not like something that I'm going to um, analyze to the end of my days. So so this is a well-made movie, but I, I can't give it a Godzilla tier rating because of that. So it's going to be a uh, Gamma tier film in a higher Gamera tier to be honest, but a Gamera tier, nonetheless. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I I, I like that. I I like that, you know, part of it is your acknowledgement that you just don't like, you know,
0: I I just don't like that. I just don't like the end. I just don't like it. Um, Next week, Alex, we watch the predator when it adds an article. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Will it feel cathartical or will we want to shrink into a particle?
1: No. Yeah. It's more of a fart particle. (laughs) I'm not even robbing for this movie. I'm mad.
0: (laughs) You're already mad. Uh, All right, man.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. I I hear the next predator has predator dogs. Will it stink like a smelly smog or... Will it there just no be orc. another Studio Cog?
0: There you go. There, we there go. you go. As always, <sighs> thank you for listening to Monsters versus Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain-based mate at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, Interviews and host chats. And if you can't join it this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Fay Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which formed sublock B, Louis Loops, Señor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next time, don't go into space with a woman named Ferris. <laughs> And try to 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 stay stay alive.
1: Mafia, wake wake up, wake up.
0: You have created a monster and it will destroy you. They anyway. also say just don't stick your head in places where it shouldn't be. I'm talking Wait. to you, Orem.
1: Oh yeah, that was yeah, should
0: have done it. Should have done it.